welcome back to the Whatnots Review Show number 205, where each week we have a different story to talk about. Could be a comic, could be a movie, could be a TV show, all sorts of stuff. We read it, we watch it, we come back here and we talk about it. My name is Kyle Springer and I am joined by Melissa Wilkinson. Hello. Melissa, how's your weekend been so far? It's been nice. Took myself out on a shopping day yesterday, hit up some stores, tried on mini shoes. There you go. Shoe shopping. That's what's up. Good shoes are always a fun thing to shop for and have. I think if I had more money, I'd be a sneaker head. What type of sneakers do you enjoy? I've, I've, we, we do this in video chat. I've like, I mostly just see your torso. I have no idea yeah. what shoes you like. Um, I, so I think recently I've been getting into running shoes because um, the like cyberpunk in me, like those tend to lend themselves to more like futuristic sci-fi designs and stuff or, uh-huh. or like funky, bright colors. Um, but I, 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 I just like sneakers. I, I don't have like I'm not, I'm not like I like Jordans and that's it. I will only ever buy Jordans. Um, mm. Just I if it it's it's hard to ex- explain. Right. But if it like it, if I like the design, then I like the shoe. I'm not particular to a specific brand or stuff like that. If, if I'm just like, ooh, new neat. That looks cool. <laughs> then <laughs> that's it. That's a good that's way to one. live. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's the kind of shoes I'm into. Uh, we had a game night. Future shoes last night. Yes, future shoes. Ooh. Uh, we had some friends over, uh, and we played some different card games. Some like uh, cards against humanity style card games. Right. We had one called mm-hmm. Slide in the DMs. Where like the the card you read from is a is a DM that you might uh-huh. see on some social media account, but there's a blank in there. So like, wow, you are blank. Yes. Aesthetic is super cool. Blah, 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 you know, uh, and so you have to yeah. pick the card for that one. Uh, we also played making bad situations worse. Uh, and it's just like if you thought Cards Against Humanity was kind of fucked up, this is worse. <laughs> <laughs> so it I, was good. It was I like fun. cards. I like Cards Against Humanity for the absurdity of some of the cards. Like yes. I, I don't need the card that says AIDS, for instance, but I do <laughs> like the card that just says Gogurt. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, making bad situations worse is is like. Take the cards that says AIDS and then make it worse. <laughs> no, j- just make it weirder. That's it's, what I liked about yeah, it. Yeah, there you go. Indeed. So- sounds like our weekends were a blast. Um, but we <laughs> she are shopping isn't a blast, about. but I appreciate your optimism. Well, we, we, we <laughs> had it's fun. Not a we thrill. enjoyed it. That's what I mean. <laughs> um, so, yeah, let's talk about. Some comics, because that's what we are here to yes. talk about this week on the show. Uh, we read volumes one and two of East of West, 
a comic by Jonathan Hickman and Nick Dragota published on Image Comics. Uh, this is one that I like had in my peripheral, right? I, I knew that people liked it. I remember as it was coming out that people were like, yeah, this book is good. You should write it. And I just never really dived into it. Um, but Jonathan Hickman is one to do a lot of graphic design work for his books. He often makes uh, info graphics and charts and maps and, and stuff like that, uh, that me as a graphic designer, I'm just like, oh, be it like a man after my own heart. I love this stuff. Um, and, uh, and unfortunately, in the vo volumes that we read on Comixology, I don't think they really had any of those info graphics, uh, but the design of the book is still fantastic by itself. Yeah. Um, but yeah, East of West, sort of a sci-fi space western, kind of apocalyptic. It feels apocalyptic, yes. but they're actually trying to bring about the apocalypse in this book. Like it hasn't right. happened yet, uh, or at least there's it a difference on between a. <laughs> yeah, there's a difference between a dystopia and an apocalypse. Sure, there, sure, yes, there are dystopic dystopic sections of society Just and a secret dystopic? society of people that are like maybe it's dystopic and, and there's people who are like no we need a full apocalypse we're we're talking to the four horsemen or the three horsemen because death wandered off uh yeah. and we're gonna do this we're gonna blow up everything this is yeah. the way yeah uh, so you kind of mentioned that that's how the book starts off right there we we, mm. we meet three of the four horsemen of apocalypse and they're just like ah man the, 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 something's wrong like he's not here he didn't show up uh and yes death uh, apparently as you put it wandered off <laughs> um he got he, married <laughs> he he found love he got married uh and yeah they're they're kind of dealing with the fallout of that um of death just kind of figuring out that he maybe wants more to his existence right his life i'm not sure if death actually has life but that's a question for another time um uh-huh but yeah so they they're they're chasing after him to find him and get him back so they can bring about the apocalypse Meanwhile, death is trying to uh, ha has been separated for a long time from the woman that he married. Uh, so he's tr trying to find her and catch up with her. Um, the map of the United States is looking a lot different in the far f future. Um, and yeah, it it's just this this really it, it's an interesting sci-fi like space cowboy journey. Uh, it there's lots of stuff ha happening in this book. I feel like, um, but yeah, now that we've read the first two volumes of this, Melissa, what did you think? It is gorgeous, and I'm happy that you brought up not just the actual illustrative art of the books, but the design around it. Did this come out in issues or was it always a graphic oh, yes. novel format? 
yeah, it came out in single issues as well. Okay, because as I was reading these collections, there were no there was no cover art. I'm used to every graphic novel you give me to read having a cover gallery at the end and this didn't have that so i didn't know if the way i was reading it was the way it always was like it was just straight published like this as these graphic novels and chapters but yeah there are these uh very minimal quote pages in between different issues and and in between different sort of sections of each issue and they're not like quotes from the story that we've seen so far. They're just sort of uh, <laughs> negative statements. <laughs> You'll get to this Generally, stark yeah. minimalist white page that will say like, hope, there is no hope. There's only the desert. It's just stuff like that. Yeah. They're not positive mantras at all. And this is the lore of this book is fascinating. but emotionally i didn't find a lot to grab onto yet because it is very grim there is no charm in the thing to speak of i agree i i i had a hard time getting into the book at first uh but yeah as the book went on and things kind of got a little bit more clear and i started to understand like okay this is what's happening then it started to be like okay this is more interesting i'm starting to like this uh, but yeah, within these first two volumes, I think there's 10 in total. Okay. Um, that, yeah, I just I not enough to really be like, yes, this is the book for me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the first issue I can't say really hooked me. The first volume didn't really hook mm-hmm. me. And in a day and age where there's so many comics, there's so many books, there's so many TV shows and movies. You, you really need something that will hook you right away. At the same time, I appreciate the the confidence in which this yes. story tells itself, itself, right? Definitely. And I think there is value in that where it is not trying to be the dis- the, 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 the word that comes to mind is disposable. But I, I don't know if that's the right word, but the like disposable content that you need to consume right now and if you don't get hooked right now then Ah. toss it away right like yeah this book is more confident than that and it has this like hey we're telling a story it might not hook you right away but trust me by the end of this you will be hooked and I, Mm. i i think that's what this book is going for and i think it works it, it just yeah. in the smaller sample we have, I was de- de- definitely much more into the book by the end of this. And I kind of want to know more about what happens here because yeah. uh, I also like stories that do a lot of politicking, right? And the sure. like, multiple g- groups of people have to scheme to get what they want and they're betraying and double crossing and double crossing their double crosses and all that stuff and i think that this book has that um it it has a lot of these kind of whether they are actually political figures or religious figures or mythological figures uh 
it it has a lot of these people kind of vying for what they want and they each mm. they each want something separate and d- d- distinct and sometimes the people don't even know that they are scheming against them and yeah i th- i think those those types of stories and books you can't really hook people on like issue one cliffhanger here it yeah. is yeah um but yeah the art in this book is fantastic uh-huh. it is dynamic and colorful and yeah it it it, it looks incredible so good job to yeah on on art too so it's a very imaginative book it's very smart like i do admire mm-hmm. what it's doing uh it, it just tonally wasn't what i was looking for like you don't yeah, it's very heavy on the plot and I not that I don't feel like I know the characters very well. I know them about as well as I would have expected to at the end of two volumes, but it doesn't make a lot of space for heart. You understand sure. the principle of death has been separated from his wife. Their son has been taken away from them. There's no part of the story that is sweet at any point. And I don't need a lot of it, but could I get like a page, please? Yeah, just just a crumb of affection. <laughs> right. Can anybody smile at each other? I would love that. Can anyone laugh once? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, this this book is very intense. Uh, it's high on the violence uh, in this. Team, yeah. Especially since the, the four horsemen of the apocalypse are, are in this. Right. There's lots of death and war and famine and disease and all that stuff. Um, mm. So yeah it is it does also have that like cowboy western flavor yeah uh, right so there is that gunfights out in the street lawmen hunting down the outlaws the outlaws going for whatever they want and taking what they want uh and all of that stuff so yeah there is a lot happening in in this book here and it it can get pretty violent uh so if that's not Mm -hmm. your thing Maybe just a heads up with that. Uh, but I, I think I mentioned that more so to be like, yeah, the book also tends to focus on more of that stuff than yeah. like smaller character moments or uh, things like that. So there you go. Um, I, I enjoyed my time with this so far, so I mm-hmm. would recommend it. Uh, but I guess that's kind of my final thoughts for spoiler free stuff um, on on that. I say we do a quick break for housekeeping uh, and then we will be back with our spoiler filled thoughts after that. So stick around. We will be right back. We put a lot of hard work into the shows that we make. And yes, we make multiple different shows here at The Whatnots, and we'd love it if you check them all out. You can find out more information on our website at thewhatnots.com, as well as your favorite podcasting platform of choice. When you type in The Whatnots, all of our shows will pop up right there. Just don't forget to give us a nice rating and review if you like the shows. If you want to support what we do here at The Whatnots, patreon.com slash thewhatnots is the best place to do that. You can support us for as little as a dollar a month. You can get all kinds of exclusive content at the $3 tier. You can also get a shout out and a thank you on all of our shows at the $5 tier. You can support us on Twitch by subscribing to our channel at twitch.tv slash the whatnots. 
and we would love to have you all join us for our live streams and talk with us in the chat. And lastly, we have merch. If you'd like to grab yourself a shirt or a sweatshirt or a mug or something else, go to the whatnots.com slash store to pick up some merch today. And we are back. A big shout out to all of our Patreon supporters. Thank you so much for supporting Thank us. Thank you. It means a ton. We couldn't do this without you. Um, cool things that we've been up to here at the Whatnots. Uh, so we on our video game podcast on crossplay, uh, we've kind of been dipping back into our backlogs. Uh, I just started playing Cyberpunk. Uh, yeah. For the first time for the second time i've i've, I've, I've played the, the, the like opening like 10 hours yeah. of the game when it originally came out but it was really buggy and it was a mess uh and i am finally going back in now that the next gen patches uh are on that we are just starting to get word of all of these summer uh showcases and stuff like that there will be no e3 this year but summer game fest uh, is still happening and there will be some conferences and showcases to announce new video games and trailers and gameplay and stuff and it'll be fun and exciting um on the captain's log uh this past week all sorts of updates we have a bunch of memes and stuff that we can now put on our podcasts and all that just i i, I fixed my stream deck so i can now do all these button things and all that stuff mm -hmm cool stuff that you guys will see one of them when we go into our bingo section later yeah. on um but yeah uh we did that i i had that that hard that alcoholic mountain dew uh that they mm -hmm. put out i bought a variety pack of that so on the next couple weeks i will be trying one of those alcoholic mountain dews on that um on that podcast there uh, if you guys have seen Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, uh, yes. we have our spoiler cast for that up on the Reactor Core. Uh, so be be excited about that. Go check it out. And down the road, I'm tr I'm hoping we can do some Obi Wan Kenobi content. I don't know if we can do every week, uh, but we will see on that. And of course, uh, Miss Marvel is coming up this yeah. next month too. So be on the lookout for that. But I think that is about it for housekeeping. So let's get into spoilers. All right, Melissa, uh, where do you want to start with this book? What's calling oh. out to you? I do really like the world building. It is this sort of revisionist history that goes back to the Civil War. Mm -hmm. and from that point on, there is more kinds of civil war within america and we eventually wind up with these different nation states there is like sort of a u.s equivalent but it only takes like a chunk of the continental u.s the contiguous u.s as we know it right. there's also like the the endless indian nation is one area there's the like texas the republic of texas is a nation state New Orleans is a nation state with its own like royalty. Like you meet the secret council of all these chosen members of all the different parts of, of the, uh, the U S and it's yeah, this is the, the prince of new Orleans. Yeah. The kingdom. 
And then on the West Coast, we have the PRA, which I forget exactly. It's the the what is the what does it stand for exactly? Is PRA is the People's Republic of America? It is it this. Yeah, this this Chinese kingdom that's being ruled by a series of uh, Mao Zedong's descendants. Yeah, um, it's interesting. So I mentioned at the start that Judge uh, Jonathan Hickman often does a lot of uh, infographics for uh, the, the the issues that he did, 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 does uh, in all of his comics and stuff. It, it's kind of a, a in not an insight. Yes, an inside joke, just a, a well-known thing about him that like mm. uh, another Jonathan Hickman book means we're just going to get get the bunch <laughs> of of flow charts and stuff mm. like that. Um, it's what I, I mentioned that because I don't think the the trades of these have the map in them. Um, but there is a map that you can go look and yeah. see that he he made that's available. I think it was included in a few of the single issues um, and stuff like that. But it, yeah, I, I think for the actual trade uh, of, of the book, the collected version, he took out the like covers and just made it a more singular like this is the story for volume one um yeah which I, i'm a little disappointed that the map is not in there and at, mm. at, at least we read it on comiXology unlimited so um yeah there there is a map like within one of the panels like during the the prologue mm. of the first issue they do give you this map it's got these these six different nations uh, and then also Armistice, which is this sort of the, the this was a land, a part of the maybe where we are. It's like right there in the middle. Know, I'm in yeah. St. Louis. You're in Oklahoma City. This this I might be hitting one of us. We might underneath it. Yeah. Yeah. We we got taken out by a comet. A big comet hit hit the land and the people were like. Maybe we should call a truce. <laughs> Maybe we should put our guns down. Just uh, agree to separate ourselves into these different nations yeah. and, and try and live uh, not in war anymore. Maybe this was a sign from God. So Armistice is this sort of neutral territory in, in the central of uh, the center of the land mass. It's made out of all these different nations, so I have to teach myself not to call them the, the nation of America a nation. It's like six nations. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So I like I I wish that this book had a little bit more like maps and charts and stuff like that, which is a weird thing mm. to say for a Jonathan Hickman book because he usually has <laughs> that stuff in spades. Um, but I I I say that because yeah, I like. There is a lot happening in this book. There are all these nations. They're all politicking against one another to their own means, to their own agendas, whether um, they want to take over, whether they want. So th there's also this religious aspect to the book, which we yes. can get into later on here. But yeah, some want to kind of go the more religious route and think that there's these prophecies happening and these. Uh, people and beings or who knows what like that maybe they should w w worship or put in power uh, because of these prophecies 
Um, yeah, and then there's the four horsemen of the apocalypse that are uh, making their way across all of these nations tr trying to track down death while he is off on his own adventure trying mm. to find his wife and his kid and all of this stuff. Um, so, yeah, there, 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 there is just a lot going on. And that's like what I felt like. I love all the world building in this. Book, yeah. But you feel almost drowned in the first yeah. couple issues of just like, yeah. I have no idea what's going on who's who what's what why's why i i just I, yeah it, it's kind of confusing and so i feel like some of those maps or charts or like a who's who would have been yeah helpful. i would love a cast of characters yes yeah indeed indeed there's a lot um but do you do you want to mention this religious aspect thing of the book yeah. to help paint a picture uh, for what's this going was on here? interesting in the I think around the late 1800s, early 1900s, there were three very powerful, important people. One of them was Mao Zedong. One of them was a guy I'd never heard of. And I think one of them was a guy I heard of, but I don't remember now. But <laughs> and then, like the guy I hadn't heard of, I didn't know if he was an actual guy or a fictional guy but they wrote these uh these prophecies almost and it wasn't until Mao Zedong the third one to die the died and like wrote this prophecy on his deathbed that people put them together and they're like oh all these random like old man ramblings you put them together this means something this seems to be an actual message it's the message they, they and it's seem about to think this it's hard to, 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 to interrupt, but they 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 seem to think that they like intertwined and made sense together when you put them. It's yes, not just like yes. a collection of like old men yells at sky. It's like, wait, these start to make sense when you put them yeah. together. That's weird. So there you go. Carry on. I, I do really like that concept that they were the world was getting this prophecy in installments. And it wasn't until the final one was there that they realized this was a prophecy. Right. I yeah. like that. And it tells, uh, it's all in the sort of mysterious coded language. And some people have an idea of what to expect. And other people are like, after the thing happens, they're like, oh, this is what that passage was about. It's about the, this apocalypse, how there's going to be like a great beast who's going to bring about the end of the world. And this is the child of death and uh, a, 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 not a princess, but like sort of the, the, the ruler's daughter from the, the Republic of China or the, the, the People's Republic of America. Eventually the ruler, because she takes yeah, over yes. at the end. Yeah, just kills everybody. Yep. Lots of killing. <laughs> this happens a lot. Get ready for there to be a bunch of murders on the way up to succession. Uh, in, in every one of these little kingdoms. If you like murder, this book's for you. <laughs> Big fan of patricide? Come over here. <laughs> Good stuff. Um, yeah, I, like I the the religious stuff is interesting because it's not like it. It reminds me of kind of Christian subtexts in in there, but it's also not, it's different enough that it's like 
well, okay, this guy's not a Christ-like figure per se, but yeah. it's, it focuses more on the kind of demonic, I don't know, the more satanic, like it, it is more of like, it is more revelations like of like there will be yeah. a beast that, you know, yes. blah, blah, blah. Like that is the religious t- text rather than like, oh, there will be this savior and he will come and help right. everyone. It, yeah. it is this like, shit's fucked dude (laughs) right which leads to this sort of grim tone that i was talking about at the beginning you're right there is no savior like figure anywhere right yeah and this uh the four horsemen of the apocalypse are in here but i think that's the only sort of taken directly out of biblical lore element that we have and i don't even think it's the same four horsemen We've got death, war, and famine, but the other one is conquest. I haven't heard of a conquest before. Yeah. Normally it's pestilence, I think. I, I'm, I'm wondering if that's, who, who knows, but maybe that is, like, pestilence is his favorite way to conquer. And so, yeah, like, is, is just often misnamed in in that sense in the lore of this I don't book know. but who knows I would like to see the <laughs> would like to see that used as a weapon uh right. instead of just going through and like just uh, brutally tearing people apart it's like I have introduced a plague you wait like a couple years that town's all gone it's a slow burn a slow conquest indeed um yeah, so the, the four horsemen of the apocalypse, or I, I guess the three that are after dead, 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 yeah. dead, death, uh, we kind of meet them at the start of the book. And what's interesting to me is that they're all represented as children. Uh, and it seems yeah. like they go through this like cycle yes. where they start out younger, they grow up, and in that time, you know, they wreak havoc and do all of that stuff and i guess by time they're fully grown is when the apocalypse happens and so death is pictured as an adult in this book and they're all children in this book he did not go on this next cycle with them um yeah like the book starts with them like waking up getting regenerated at some sort of monument out in the desert they look around they're like where is he he didn't show up we're very upset and like they don't always like they have no control over it like it, war talks about how they used to be like a, a, a beautiful sexy lady if you picture sexy mm-hmm. lady war demon that's it uh and, and now they're like a 10 year old boy yeah <laughs> So what did you think of these characters? What did you think of, like, do you, do you have, a, like, a, a fondness for a trope like this where, like, adult yeah. is stuck inside inside a child's body <laughs> and they're, like, more violent than they should be because it's like, oh, you're an, right. an adorable kid. And they're just like, oh, fuck you up. <laughs> we, we have encountered this before. This is in our beloved Black Hammer. I do like these horsemen because they... They are a, they have a bit more levity to them than other parts of the story do. Everybody in this book is like so stoic and and serious and intimidating. And these characters are, but they've got a bit of banter with each other. 
because yep. they are these siblings that have existed for eternity. So they've got more of a rapport. It's a little, it's not funny, but it is a nice change of pace and change of style from what's happening in the rest of the book. For sure. For sure. Um, yeah, I mean, they, they have that rapport. I, I think just the fact that they are children set a gig yeah. against this thing, like everyone kind of treats them differently when they first see them. They're just like they go from the like super serious, dark and garim to like, oh, you're a child like uh, like, hey, where, yeah. where's your parents? That thing. Right. And 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 then, yeah, they're just like, oh, we actually shouldn't mess with these kids these are the uh the horsemen of the apocalypse here so uh <laughs> yeah then it goes right back into the the dark and grim and all of that stuff but i'm i'm kind of interested in their story and what they're up to because i like they want to bring about the apocalypse but i can't t- tell if mm. they are doing this out of some kind of like religious purpose or just like that's what we're like i do they realize that they can do what death did and go off and find mm. a family right like it, yeah like, is is that part of the arc that this story will tell them that like hey you don't have to do this i, I have no idea but i like i'm i'm interested because they're they're also they're also kind of having to deal with the fallout of what death has done in this time that they weren't there, right? That he did yeah. get married, that he does have a kid, that there is this now this like religious prophecy that the beast will bring about the end of the world here. Does that mean the beast replaces these kids or d- does does that mean he joins them? I, w- yeah i have no idea but like that that is it, it's it's an interesting side to that story uh, that that we got here so yeah i i enjoyed them i enjoy yeah enjoyed it's also the four horsemen for the th- we're not sure horsemen. yeah we're not sure exactly what needs to be done at every stage to bring about the apocalypse we know that there has to be this like this great beast who is whose death's son who has been taken away and is like kept in this experimental facility where he's it looks like a Kira or something. He's got all these tubes connected to him. His head's under some right, like yeah. giant, giant helmet and giant goggles where he is like a robot teacher who's like, please list the best ways to dismember a person. Uh, and the child is like, in terms of historical preference or accuracy? And the robot's like, eh, give it to me in historical preference. And the child's like, well, historically, people would, would go for the carotid artery, artery and then the femoral artery really to popularity. Yeah. <laughs> so like this, and the, and the child's almost like aware that it is being monitored and is like outsmarting and like kind of playing innocent when it knows it's being watched and then it will talk to its robot teacher like okay they're gone we got to start talking more about how to do this stuff practically instead of in theory like the kid almost knows i am being used for something how do i turn the tables how do i bring this to my favor and there's a question of what does this kid want 
This kid even have a name. I don't I don't know. I don't think death mentions it. Oh, no, my my son, Jeremy. I have to go get him. <laughs> oh, Jeremy. <laughs> Why are you scheming <laughs> like this? You shouldn't be scheming, Jeremy. Um, but it's yeah. it's interesting that the the horsemen are involved in these plots with this council of like human chosen ones to bring about the apocalypse. Like the horsemen can't just do it themselves. They can't just decide it's apocalypse time. Let's get out there and make it happen. Like there has to be the series of actions and steps and, and things th- that occur that they have no control over. They just have to sort of watch and wait and influence before oh, they can do an apocalypse. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it, it's just. So. One thing that I want to bring to the table with this, as 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 much as I, I can just be like, yeah, I liked these characters or I liked this scene here. I, I felt like this book was also. I, I don't want to say thinly veiled, but like I feel like this is a book that is very much social commentary on America. Mm. Um, and mm. it, it is pretty plain to say. Um, and I, I, I liked that a lot because I, I feel like this book did a good job of it, Mm. of talking about the social or economic or political situations that was, that have been happening in America Mm. for the past, I don't know, decade or more. Um, but yeah, like you can. It like it really kind of resonates, especially with all of the stuff that has happened in recent years here in in America. Um, and they do a good job by making everything just different enough, right? Mm. Does, does does that make sense? Like it's not so wild and out there that it's like, oh well. He's just making up a bunch of shit here, but it's just like, okay, it's still set in America. There's still some of these like tropes or stereotypes kind of used to bring about some of these uh, different political ideologies or Mm. yeah, there are groups of people that have then uh, made their own nation within what used to be the United States. And 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 so it kind of heightens that, which is always what a lot of good sci-fi does right is it can Mm -hmm. be like one step removed uh thing where it can then talk about it and yeah it talks about everything from the racism to religious zealots and religion infiltrating politics and the unrest of the people and corporations and capitalism and all all this stuff in there and politicians who unfortunately know they have to just play a role and will be the bad guy whether they like it or mm. not and uh just uh, all, all sorts of stuff and it's it's kind of an interesting read because you can recognize it as just like yeah hey that's happening here now <laughs> like strange but then it's in the midst of like well there's the horseman of the apocalypse and there's these <laughs> these people that can like shoot crows off of their body and like morph wolves out of themselves and all all sorts of things um so yeah it's 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 an it's an interesting book to say the least um yeah 
Yeah. But did 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 you get that kind of feeling reading this book at all? Mm. Yeah, it's it isn't allegorically America. It is literally sure. America. That's the exact same outline on the map of the contiguous United States. I don't know what's happening over in what would be Alaska and Hawaii. I don't know how they're doing. Who knows? Volume three. <laughs> but, find out. <laughs> yeah. And it does have this sort of revisionist history where it takes from real events and real mm-hmm. people and it imagines and it extrapolates out of that. Which I think is, uh, it's it's something they do well, I think. I can tell that there's a lot of research and a lot of thought behind what this book is. But it is, yeah, very grim. I don't think there's any, I mean, we have protagonists, but we have no heroes. The most heroic character we get is that uh, lawman whose family was killed. And then he kills the judge and like all the the lawyers in the courtroom for being corrupt. And then he goes and he kills all of the judges. And then he he hangs up his judge dread helmet because he's like, right. Yeah, there he's like, I know there is a line where like if I take out corrupt law, eventually I become corrupt law. He's very conscious of I have to stop here. And then when um, uh, that one chosen guy with the mustache shows up and asks him to go out and kill others. He's like, Colonel okay, Sanders I will do that. Whatever yeah. you call him. Yeah. Yeah. And then see, we needed this cast of characters. There's a lot going on. Like everybody has a name. These guys have names and they also have titles. Like they're this type of ruler over this type of land. So a lot of facts to keep straight. Really wish I had a, a teacher's guide. I wish More I had an flow charts, please. <laughs> yeah, give them to us. We're we're excited. Where's the PowerPoint? <laughs> Where's the interactive CD-ROM game to go along with this? <laughs> but he he asked him to go out and like kill some of these other uh, uh, chosen ones who are working against him. And this guy's like, okay, but you know, by asking me to do this, I have to kill you also. Like that's only fair. I have to do that. And the guy's like, all right, <laughs> I accept your terms. Kill me last. Fine. Yeah. yeah. We'll see if yeah. you get to me. He he is kind of the like he he's it's difficult to say that he is a hero, despite he, like, he isn't. He's just the closest he, we can possibly get sure. in this world. Exactly. Like he he is more of like a judge Jared character, as you mentioned, or the Punisher, but one that acted like in like as the voice of the people to be like the system is corrupt just Mm. get rid of it and so that's what he did he got rid of the Mm. system and then just stopped which i think is an honorable thing to do to be like hey there is a line eventually right Mm. but he's also like he's a psycho murderer like yeah like like he he enjoys it what what he does too and that that is just like oh no he's now that he's back, he's crossing that line, isn't he? Mm. Like he, he, this guy's gonna be a problem. Um, mm. But then yeah, it I, is. Go ahead. No, it's just tricky to see yourself in a story that isn't about good versus evil. It's about very evil versus perhaps slightly less evil. Yes, I think that's also the case with death. Uh, his mm. health because he's he's 
the protagonist of the book. Uh, yeah. And again, I think you could argue potentially heroic in the setting, in, in the midst of all of the things that is ah. happening. Um, and I because I think the story is that like, yeah, he, he was death. He was one of the four horsemen of the apocalypse, but he's softening. He's realizing that there is more to life than death, than just destruction and violence. And yeah, he did find love and he married and he had a kid and mm -hmm. he got separated from his wife and thought his kid was dead and all of this stuff and, and is just like now like having to deal with that and then wants to go find them to be like, I, like, I need to be with that. I need to to protect them. Um, yeah. And, and so like he's heroic in that sense. But yeah, again, he's also a mass murderer. He's okay with <laughs> murdering and starting like wars as he goes off to find his wife and his child. Mm. And I'm sure there will be a lot more violence down the road as he finds his ch child, what they've been doing to him, what everyone else has planned mm. for him. Mm. Uh, will his child agree to, to be with yeah. him? Will he just be like, ah, oh, finally, a big old happy family like I've always wanted. Mm -hmm. They'll be like, come on, Jeremy, we, we, we missed you. <laughs> right. Our little boy, Jeremy Death. <laughs> Jeremy Death. <laughs> um. Yeah. So who knows? It's just it's yeah, it's it's an interesting thing because, yeah, we don't have. Where have all the good men gone? <laughs> where have all yeah. the cowboys gone? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and I hope that's something that the story does get to that somewhere out on the plains, we do just find an innocent farming community. There's like a little girl who picks wildflowers or something. I need to see some traditional goodness represented in this book as opposed to just this cold fairness that we get like when death mm. goes to see that oracle to get her to tell him how where is my son how do i find my son he yeah. knows i have to give her something character. in return whatever she wants i have to give it to her like that's how this works there's only fairness is less a sense of justice and more a sense of like economical transfer yeah, it's, it's, it's more business transactional than it. Yes, exactly. Like that's as close to goodness as we get is this transactional. You scratch my back. I scratch yours. Fairness in a way. Mm -hmm. There aren't moments where people are nice to each other. And I, I don't need a lot, but I would like one, please. Yeah. I think this book also has a thing for eyeballs. There, oh, yeah. There's uh so the, the there's one character in here who's a bartender who's not actually a bartender. He's like the head of this organization of like headhunters and spies. Um he is the one that they send all of their information to so that he can organize it and like set up this network of like, hey, if you need to find someone, like I can help you out. Uh, and he has an eye patch and underneath this eye patch, he still has an eye, but the eye is in alien. It is it is an yeah. eyeball 
looking alien that is like much more talkative and like in the know than maybe the host body is on some of this stuff. Wild yeah. character. I, I liked him a lot. He was I, maybe I, my I favorite did dig character. That. Yeah. Yeah. The, you think that the, the death is going to pull this man's eye out of his head and he does, <laughs> but the eye is its own sentient being. Yeah. Yeah, its own alien entity. Um, God, that was and 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 yeah, like the the, the host is like sc- scavenging around to to like ca- 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 capture him again once the eye comes out and he's like, ha ha, I gotcha, and like sticks him. Back yeah, in. just just a, a quirky, fun character. Um, it- like he he is maybe the closest we get to levity in in this any sort of comedy right yeah Yeah. comedy or just like a more light-hearted yes um but but even still like like he has his shown like shadowy mysteries like he's the head of some like bounty hunter mercenary organization thing here and she's like huh okay a little bit more than meets the eyes and I will have to meet both of your eyes here. At a <laughs> <laughs> Hello, I. Yeah. So the the thing with the eyes also reminds me of the fates from Greek mythology. Like when you think of Hercules, the animated film Hercules, which is the main way in which I know this. Yeah. Where you've got those like three witch sisters and they've got like one eye between them and one of them will grab it out of the other one's head and put it in their own head mm. when they want to look at something, want to see out into the world and prophesize what's going to happen to Hercules and Meg. That's interesting. That's funny. Um, yeah. So we, we got that character, the bartender. And then you mentioned this oracle. Um, who's also a, like a fascinating character yeah. by itself, and, and like, like, like we've said, this book is, is has world building that is just incredible and fascinating. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, who is that? What's over here in this corner and stuff like that? Yeah, and in it, it it's in Armistice, right? In the White Tower is where that oracle is, or is that or is she in the no, Black the- Tower? There's, uh, the there's black ta- towers. <laughs> right, right. And I have to talk about them also. The White Tower is the equivalent of the White House. Uh, okay. That's where our goth president lives. Finally, America has elected a goth president. <laughs> and then the Black Tower it was built at Armistice. Um, and then I think this is an entirely different one. Like, death okay. goes out to, like, a lake somewhere. And he talks to the lake. And then the lake transforms oh, into a being. Right. And then parts itself, like the Ten Commandments. And then there's this giant pit with a spiral staircase, That's like right. real House yeah. of Leaves stuff. And he walks down the staircase forever and ever. And then he like picks up part of the wall like it's a curtain and he crawls under part of the wall. And yeah. this is a prison. And this is where this oracle is kept. Yeah. Uh, just way down in the depths i'm i'm assuming that somewhere later on in the book you will both see more of that character and maybe find out how they got there yeah um, what what their story is uh but yeah they had a thing with eyes too that i i guess the 
Oracle didn't have any eyes somehow got them gouged out. Um, yeah. And, yeah. As we were just matching the fairness is more transactional. Uh, they work out a deal and she takes one of death's eyeballs. Mm-hmm. So this book has a thing for eyeballs. Yeah. An eye for an eye. There you go. Makes the whole world blind. At, at least just rearranges who can see. <laughs> no eyeballs. It's like energy. Eyeballs are never destroyed. They are just transferred. Yeah. <laughs> uh, to talk about the towers, I really dig this, this sci-fi Western aesthetic and how yes. some things are very sci-fi and other things are very old Western. And they talk about uh, the White Tower before you see it. You don't know like what sort of structure, natural or man-made, that could be. And then you cut to it, and it is so sci-fi looking. Like this could be floating out in space in the year thirty forty nine. You and don't it's, know. It's the kind of sci-fi aesthetic that is. It's it's not exactly the like hyper white and sleek and clean like medical but it's it's of that same kind of sleekness it's not the like star wars like everything is rusted and it's like yeah they're Mm. sci-fi and it's but like no like this is like foreign in a weird way it's it's like it is uh, i mean as the book explains it's not man-made it's ai made Kind of, yeah. And and so, yeah, it, it, it is this like non-human st- structure. Yeah, this huge white cylinder. It like dwarfs the city around it. It doesn't look like anything that anybody would make. Like mm-hmm. the scale and and the shape of it do look really unnatural for even very futuristic human architecture. Nobody's like one massive thick white cylinder. And that's where we keep our goth president. Nobody's (laughs) saying that. But then there's another part of the book where they mention, oh, I have to meet this character at the Golden Bridge. And at first I thought it was the Golden Gate Bridge, which we see out in the People's Republic, which looks like the Golden Gate Bridge we know. But it's got this sort of uh, pagoda type architecture on the top of the the towers of it, which Mm -hmm. looks very cool. No, you cut to... You figure it's that or maybe it's some other like futuristic piece of architecture. No, it's straight like Monument Valley rock formation. Like it is something that could exist here right now and could have existed 400 years ago. So you really don't know every time they introduce a concept that you haven't seen yet what direction it is going to go in. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because I'm I'm wondering if it's something of that like at a if you stand at a certain point and like a certain time of day the sun bridges the gap and it makes like a golden well it's it is like an archway it is like um it's like a big arm folded over out of the ground you know like big arms do um i don't know how to describe the rock formation but you've seen it it's like a cliff had one big hole in it Yeah, yeah yeah it's rocks you've seen rocks yeah, I just yeah, there's just there's all sorts of stuff here cuz like I I I think when a lot of people think of like space western the like default is oh firefly. 
right like, yeah and and that is this like everything's kind of run down they're living in tents yeah. like everything is rusted but they have spaceships right but right these spaceships they, they have look a laser like they've gun. been around yeah. for a while everything is breaking uh-huh. down they have to find parts and that's part of the western aesthetic yeah too, right like everything was like the, the the streets are all muddy everything's made out of wood and it's real rustic and it there there is just this kind of nah, it's not run down in western but the, like poverty stricken in a, in, in a way is that the right word i i don't know i just i, I it's yeah it's it's rough times it, right yeah um yeah rough maybe because of actual rough times or they're pioneering something right yeah there's just not much material here so we have to use Mm. what we have and that might just be some not great stuff um and and yeah like that's what you think of and there is that in this book book but it's not only that yeah. like there are multiple sci-fi aesthetics in here there's multiple western things here there's things that look uh like robotic and ai there's things that look like aliens there's things that and like it's just a, a wild mix of stuff The like the four horsemen almost look more like fantastical than they do like yeah. sci-fi or or stuff like yes. that because one has has like all red skin one has all blue skin and then there's these two yeah. characters uh, that we haven't talked about yet. The more yeah. na- 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 native um, American yes. looking uh, people. And there's these two characters. Uh, the woman, she is it, it looks like her skin is mostly like black, like pitch black. Yeah. Uh, and then she yes. has like like white around her eyes and like white accents and clothes and stuff like that. And then the guy, he's mostly like, like pitch white skin. Yeah. Not, not, not like skin tones like me, like like monochromatic, like color has been drained from them. Yeah. Pure white. Uh, but he has the black accents and stuff like that. And uh, she has the power to like summon crows out of the blackness she, she, like, of her skin. She, yeah. She like turns into crows and he like turns into a pack of wolves. Right. Yeah. But I mean, there, there are there are scenes where like she's punching someone or kicking someone as these birds are flying yeah. off of her to go attack yeah. someone else and stuff like that so it's it's an it's an it's it's a fascinating design because yes they do look native in or that that's not the right word i guess they look indigenous if if that makes sense they have that native Uh american aesthetic but with a sci-fi twist to it yes uh in not in a way that they're net like at least these two characters aren't using machine parts and stuff like that they they do yeah they are using much simpler uh clothing and stuff like that but again just the fact that like one is pitch white one is pitch black like, yeah it, and you don't like, know this looks cool this is awesome and that's also how death looks death is also monochromatic like flat p- 
piece of paper white. And we're mm-hmm. not quite sure. Has he always looked like this? Like we talked about how the four horsemen of these like monochromatic, they're color coded like Huey, Dewey and Louie. Like, but that's like their entire <laughs> being. And you like, has death always looked like this? Or is this a side effect? Did something happen to him to make him mm. look like this? Is, is he ill? You don't is, know. Is, is he a member of the nation? Yeah. That then went off to go be his own thing, like excommunicated. And that's why he's more of a cowboy rather than in. Yeah. Indian, Native, Native American. I, I don't know. I Wolf and Crow are there with death from the very beginning, but you don't get any hints to why are these three together? Why are they a team? Why, they, why do they have? Is it is it strange that they have these powers? They seem like such uh, n- mythical, mystical characters, but you don't know enough to like place them right. in the world yet. Maybe there's a dozen other guys that also turn into a pack of wolves. I don't know. Yeah, it seems like they are like they hold specific or would have held specific roles within the nation. Uh, According to their tribe's customs or stuff like that, we know that Wolf left on his own accord because he didn't get along with his father. But we don't know about Crow yet. Um, yeah, we don't know her story. So we don't know if this is like, is she assigned to him to be like a yeah. liaison, a bodyguard, something? Or did she was she excommunicated? Were they excommunicated because of their power? Like, is this a thing that like yeah. once every generation there's there's a, like a white tiger, so to speak. Right. Right. And they just like, well. You're the odd one out, so you have to go. You can't stay, stay, stay here. Like, is that the the thing? I have no idea, but it's fascinating. We the book starts with death walks into a bar, (laughs) badum ching, uh, and he's followed by wolf and crow, and immediately, like, they look completely different than everybody else. They seem like these otherworldly magical beings. You know, death takes the bartender's eye out. There's a big bar fight. After the bar fight, uh, and you also don't know yet, are these characters who are going to speak or not? They're quiet for the beginning long enough that you're like, maybe they don't talk. Mm-hmm. But then, yeah. yeah, but then Crow turns to death and says, hey, and I'm like, wait a minute. This magical, otherworldly, monochromatic, ancient, powerful lady says, hey. She uses slang just like me. <laughs> I was taken aback by that. I don't know if that was supposed to have the what impact would, on me that it did. I was very would surprised. Be better if if she said what she did say, hey, or if she said yo. <laughs> hey. Yo would be even worse. I would have had to like put my tablet down, fold my tablet in half like it is a book, go out for a long walk, stare at the horizon. I don't know how I would have felt. <laughs> hey, yo, Def. What up? <laughs> I want to talk more about. Stand. <laughs> we do still have popsicles. Popsicles have remained this far into the future. Good. We live I'm in a glad. popsicle based society. 
I want to talk more about the visual designs in this book because I think that is perhaps its greatest strength. Instead, because when I you pitched me these comics, I was Google them, and a lot of times I do pick based on the pictures I get. Mm-hmm. And I saw them riding these horses, and the horse is like and a mechanical. Ho- I don't even know if it's mechanical or biological. It's these shiny, skinny legs, that, like shiny black legs that almost look like a bug or like yeah. an HR Giger alien. And on like the torso, on like the body where there would be a horse, instead it's just this like glowing heat cannon. Yeah. It's, it's and then later you see pretty cool. Because because like he, I said, right, it, it, it is the like you have that robotic aspect, you have yeah. the alien aspect. It's not necessarily like the grungy, dirty sci-fi, but it's also not necessarily that like sleek, ultra white and glowing sci-fi. Mm, uh, yeah. Just, it, yeah. Strange. It's, it's a very a dark, chilling sci-fi mixed with these tra- this traditional Western iconography. Later in the book, you see, I'm not sure if it's like a dog or a coyote, but it looks very robotic and its face is just like a searchlight or something. It's just a lamp dog. And I realize now that as I'm talking about it, I don't know if we saw any actual animals. So I don't know if there are real horses left or you just have Hmm. a cannon on bug legs. That's a good question. I don't remember seeing any animals either. And it's not something they talk about. Like, we know there's a lot of social and political strife in this landscape, but I don't know if they talk about, like, uh, except for the existence of the horseman famine, like, how is the environment? How are animals? How are plants? So I guess the closest thing we get is wolf and crow, right? When When they do that, we also get a mention of cattle. Uh, from the, that's true. The one politician who is now the new president. Um, the but is it literal cat? Is it that's, purely that's metaphorical cattle? Like is is literal yeah. cattle long gone now? Yeah, I or or does their idea of cattle be this like? Are is that the thing that death is riding? Is that a a a, a, a cow to oh. them? Right, the, the super skinny long legs looks like bug, but it's actually just some like heat cannon thing. Like, is that what they mean? Who knows? Um, I, I just, I, I yeah, it. That's interesting because now I'm wondering what they do for food and stuff like that. Like, I don't know if we really see anybody eat much. We, I mean, we see the like dusty bar, but they're drinking in that. Um, and they're just I drinking feel, like, like the bartender says, I have blue or, or I have red. Like, yeah. yeah, they've got these synthetic alcohols, these omni alcohols. It's just two kinds. And like, I, I'm, I'm wondering, because that, that's the kind of thing that I feel like this book would somehow mention in an offhand comment or stuff mm. like that there is so much world building uh in in this book with the political aspects that i feel like it would dive into the economies of these places right of yeah. just like oh the nation their biggest import is that they there was one was it the louisiana one the the kingdom where Colonel Sanders is yes. from where no, he's like, we um, got the, rich uh, the, off. The, the, 
Yeah, the Kingdom of New Orleans. uh, Yeah, they did find oil there off the Gulf of Mexico. And so they are these these oil barons. That's how that company, that's how that that nation funds itself. And that's why the um, USA portion of this world comes to them asking for aid uh, to fight back, to to sort of resurrect itself after it's had all these disasters to try and keep its economy afloat. Yeah. But is is food still natural? Is it also synthetic? Is it something else? Yeah. Yeah. Wild. I yeah. This this book I think is fascinating. There is so yeah. much stuff that I just like. I want to know more about the world of this book and all of the stuff that it does and what's happening yeah. there. I'm I'm still not yet sold on like. Well, should I care more about death and what's happening with him? Do I want to follow him or do I want to follow these four like the the three horsemen? Uh, is their mm-hmm. story more interesting? And I, I know I mentioned it before that as this book went on, I got more into these stories and stuff like that. But that's because I had more of a grasp on the world yeah. and how it worked and what was happening. Um, and then I can see why, like, oh, I need to care about this character. I need to care about what happens to this nation because that's super important. and. If they fall, that means this and that's going to be bad. Like once I understand that more, I can understand and care for the protagonists that are in the midst of all this. Right. Um, And also, I did like you said, we just want those like smaller character moments. Mm -hmm. So. um. Do you have any other kind of stuff that you want to talk about uh, uh, with this book? I, I will say that when we do get to the Kingdom of New Orleans, I really liked that stuff. I like that there is this king who has like 15 kids, like 15 sons. And I think they're all named John Freeman. Mm-hmm. Like there's Prince John Freeman and he's like the first John Freeman in line. But then he's got a little brother who's like John Freeman, the 14th, who wants to like kill his way up to being the next king john that was an interesting interaction he was like dude you're in a better position than me because i have the responsibility of being the next in line like i expected to do this stuff they don't expect that of you you have the wretches you can be whatever you want you can do anything he's like i have to be this thing right i I have to go be in a secret council. You could just be a rich playboy if you want. Yeah. Like you, you do be have a the better life. You you could yeah. start up. You you could be a dentist. You could be a doctor. You could be a psychologist. You could be anything. He's just he's just like, why do you want to kill me to take my spot? Mm. <sighs> I I like what they're starting to build there. I like that they uh, don't necessarily want to help the sort of. Uh, United States presidency but they know that it is a good idea to help them to have that favor mm-hmm. that they would be owed uh, I dig it I hope we would spend more time there in the future Yeah, I, I did get there and I thought I'm not sure that if I wasn't told this was New Orleans that I would recognize any part of it as being New Orleans I was kind of hoping we would get a a sci-fi take on New Orleans architecture I gotcha, somebody yeah. eats a future beignet a futuristic Mardi Gras celebration and stuff like that. 
Um, but yeah, yeah, that, that there's so many interesting corners in this mm-hmm. book. No matter where you look, there is something cool to find or look at. It's like, whoa, that's neat. Yeah. Um, the artwork is fantastic. I like it a lot. Uh, there are times where it uh, it gets a little like warped or distorted based on like how dynamic the panel and the action is trying to mm-hmm. be. Not everything looks super realistic all the time. Um, there are more exaggerated character designs mixed in with some that are maybe more realistic and yeah as the action amps up and they have to do some crazy action stunt spin around yeah there will be some more creative liberties taken with uh how the characters are drawn and stuff and i i like the artwork there's a couple panels where uh someone gets shot and it's like the it's like a silhouette of some of the characters with the with the like yeah. blam like right it's like yeah big letters behind them uh and it it just it's stunning so good book mm-hmm. good book good book indeed um last thing I will kind of mention um uh huh. So Jonathan Hickman uh, is interesting that we are reading this book now. Uh, he had a run on, uh, I, I think, the, well, the back of the book said that him and Nick Dragota did some work on Fantastic Four to g- 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 together uh, and stuff like that. But I think right after that uh, is when Hickman uh, started his run on the Avengers. Uh, he Ooh. wrote some of Marvel's Avengers and uh, one of the words that has recently entered the Marvel lexicon is incursion. Uh, and uh, if if you go and read Jonathan Hickman's Avengers, that's what those Avengers are taking care of and reacting to and stopping uh, is all of these incursions. Uh, so J- Jonathan Hickman's run on Avengers might uh, be important for uh, future yeah. MCU stories down the road so keep that in mind if you're an mcu fan good to know there you go um okay i guess that means it is time for us to check in on bingo say it with me b-i-n-g-o well done just like a pro that's our our new intro yes to bingo not sold on keeping it just yet, I was hoping, like, I would love to find, like, an old news clip from the 90s and somehow use that. Um, I, uh-huh. I did find something on YouTube that, like, aesthetically looks exactly like what I want, but just didn't have a good clip that we could use. But. We'll see. We'll see what happens with that. But here we are checking in on bingo. Um, so let's see what we got. Um, character who connects to computers. Mm-hmm. No, no diary entries. Did we get any kind of spaceship AI? I don't 
think so. I don't think there is a a spaceship here. There I also I don't think we got a mysterious scar. None that was brought attention yeah. to. And I'm just like, oh, I don't I think I've got, got anything. Scar. You want to know how I got these scars? Um, yeah, I don't I don't think I've got anything this week. Neither do I. Kind of disappointing because there's so much sci-fi stuff and we have like spaceship AI, time travel. Uh, right. We didn't have a horse that's a cannon. Right. Should have written that down. Man. Um, no small town cop or detective. I mean, I, yeah, yeah, I was going to say the like shooty shoot him up dude who's going to kill all of the leaders could potentially be small town cop, but he's not actually no. a cop. No. He's not but, in over his head. He's very well equipped to do this. Tr- true. Yeah. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, so yeah, no, no updates on bingo for this week. A bit of a disappointing week for bingo. Um, Mm -hmm. with that, Melissa, let's get into recommendations. What would you, if, if, Mm -hmm. if people enjoyed this, what else do you think might they enjoy? What else would you Uh, recommend? My favorite space western. Uh, in within this very specific genre is Sparks Nevada Marshall on Mars, which is a segment within the Thrilling Adventure Hour podcast. Okay. <laughs> the Thrilling Adventure Hour was a live stage show in Los Angeles in the style of old time radio serials. And they would release each and it had several ongoing stories under that banner. And they would release these as podcasts. You can still go listen to all these podcasts. They're Real sharply written, wonderful cast. Like the, there's continuity, there's character development. They're so funny and charming. And mm-hmm. yeah, Sparks Nevada is a human marshal who is stationed on Mars, on uh, a tiny little town on Mars, and he's got a, a Martian sidekick. And he's got every building is an AI, and he he has a rocket horse, and he has to fight all sorts of different alien and robot threats under uh, a sci-fi under a western aesthetic it's delightful i love it look up the podcast and this did also have a run of comics you could go find uh, i think yeah there was a line of specific sparks nevada comics and then there was a thrilling adventure hour graphic novel uh, that had adaptations of all the different stories under that banner you know, there's a, a story called Beyond Belief. It's a, a supernatural crime-solving story. There's mm. a superhero story called Captain Laserbeam. There's Amelia Earhart going on time travel adventures. Good uh, stuff. Real great stuff. I love it so much. And uh, for a more traditional Western, just the other week, to get ready for Multiverse of Madness, I watched an earlier Sam Raimi film called The Quick and the Dead. There you go. This is a movie from the 90s. I think it's Russell Crowe's first American performance. It's got a real young Leonardo DiCaprio in it. And it's about this gunslinging woman who goes to this small Western town that has this sort of uh, rich businessman that has taken it over and he's bought out the town and nobody can stand up to him. And he's also an expert shooter. And so, like, 
he's having this tournament of people shooting each other, different battles to the death that he's entered. And the game is, if you beat me, like the town is yours. I turn the town over to you. Cause he's like, I know I have enemies. Mm-hmm. I'd rather have them come here and try and face me. And we shoot each other in the city street at noon. Uh, then have like there be assassination attempts on my life. He's like, I want to structure this. I want to prepare for this. I want to see it coming because I know I can beat all these guys. And it's it's Sharon Stone. She's the only girl in the tournament just shooting through all of these character actors in a final, final confrontation with Gene Hackman. It's really fun. Uh, Such a Sam Raimi film. All his camera tricks. They're all there. In, in full vibrancy. I had a really great time with this. Good stuff. Um, yeah. So I mentioned Firefly before. Firefly yeah. is a great space western if you want more of that stuff. Um, they, let's see, if you want to go more traditional western, um, maybe something that's a little more modern, the Deadwood show on HBO. Yeah is fantastic uh i like that one a lot uh here on the review show we recently covered the power of dog um the power of the dog of the dog yeah uh and that is a it's it it ends up being more of a, a crime story but it is in this western setting this slower western mm. setting um that i i i thought was uh fantastic um Let's see. Let's see. If you like this comic, I would also recommend Saga uh, by Brian yeah. K. Vaughn and Fiona Staples. Um, if, if in the way that this book really, really focused on like deep lore and plot and politicking and all that stuff. And unfortunately, d- didn't focus as much on the character moments and making you fall in mm-hmm. love with that. Saga is almost the opposite of that but also has the like world building and stuff like that there but this is saga is absolutely focused on the characters you will fall in love with them you will cry you will laugh you will have a great time uh it is sci-fi it is fantasy it is western it is horror it is everything that Mm. you could want all mixed up in one Saga is fantastic. It's one of my favorite books. I would recommend that one too. So, um, yeah, I think I think that's my recommendations then. Hmm. All right, Melissa, it is your turn to do. It is my the turn. Pitching. Go for it. I've got three TV shows, uh, and I found these by going through the folders on various streaming services for Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month. Hey, there you go. Good so stuff. These all have stars and or creators uh, d- d- from those places. Yeah, and I've got a variety of genres here, too. We've got a drama, like a mystery drama, a comedy, and then like a standard sitcom comedy. Okay. So a little bit of everything for whatever mood you're in. Pitch number one is the show Wayward Pines, created by M. Night Shyamalan. Mm-hmm. We've watched his films. Now we could take a look at his TV work. Interesting. I think I, I think I pitched this to you once years ago. It's a show I've always been intrigued by, 
and you haven't picked it and then I will forget it exists and then I find it again. I'm like, right, Wayward Pines exists. Okay, okay. When two federal agents go missing in Wayward Pines, Idaho, Secret Service agent Ethan Burke, one of Seattle's best agents, sets out to find them. One of the missing agents is Ethan's former partner, Kate, with whom he had a relationship that almost destroyed his marriage. After Ethan is involved in a car accident upon his arrival in the seemingly perfect town, he wakes up in the hospital without his wallet, ID, or money, and he cannot find a working phone to contact anyone at home. When Ethan's wife learns of his disappearance, she and their teenage son begin a search that leads to more questions. Interesting. I've never heard much about this show. All I know is that uh, Terrence Howard plays the, the sheriff, I think, and he's always eating an ice cream cone every time you see him. <laughs> like ice cream cones are a big aesthetic in the show, like how Twin Peaks has pie. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No okay, idea okay. what we're in store for in Wayward Pines, but we could go to Hulu and find out. Pitch number two, also on Hulu. Uh, I just rewatched all of WandaVision again in preparation for Multiverse of Madness. And I'm like, wow, I really love Randall Park. He's such a delight. Wait a minute. There's a whole Randall Park sitcom I could be watching. And this is fresh off the boat. In the 1990s, Eddie, a hip-hop-loving 11-year-old, relocates with his parents and two brothers to suburban Orlando from the Chinatown section of Washington, D.C. As Eddie's dad, Lewis, pursues the American dream by opening a Western-themed restaurant called Cattleman's Ranch Steakhouse, <laughs> Eddie and the rest of the family try to acclimate to their new strange surroundings. Good stuff. Haven't heard much about this either, but it, it seems sweet. Seems like a fun time. Okay, fair enough. And pitch number three, traveling over to the wild waters of HBO Max. Our flag means death. Oh. This is from Taika Waititi, stars him and Reese Darby. Uh, I have heard excellent things about the show. People really love it. It seems like it's really funny, really sweet. Uh, and this could be the week I finally get around to checking it out. Uh, this is a newer show, so I don't I wasn't able Steve. to find as long of a description about it. But Stead Bonnet, a pampered aristocrat, abandons his life of privilege to become a pirate in the early 18th century. So we could be in for a fish out of water pirate comedy this week, Kyle. The choice is yours. The choice is mine. Uh, pitch number one was Wayward Pines. Pitch number two was, what's the name of that one? Get it's called Fresh Off the Boat. Fresh Off the Boat. And pitch number three, Fresh on the Boat. Uh, our flag means death. <laughs> um, man, how many episodes is, is each uh, one here? Oh, I don't remember any of them being especially long. Like, none of them are like okay. 20 episodes. I think they're all in the 13 or under range. I hope okay. I'm right about that. Cool. Um, I kind of want to do Our Flag Means Death because I've been hearing a lot yeah. about that one too. Right? Let me Seems check it out. Very popular. Now that this has been days. selected, how, how many? <laughs> uh, 10 episodes. 10, 10 of them. Cool. That works. Perfect. Yeah, our flag means death. I mean, I've 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 heard good things, but I've not heard specific things. Right. Yeah. 
people are enjoying this. But I, I, yeah, I, I didn't know that this was a pirate thing. Um, yes. So that, that's interesting. So I'm excited. Yar. Our flag means death for this next week. Right. Here. I don't think. <laughs> I don't think we've covered pirate on the show before. <laughs> Add that to the list of genres we need to bring more of uh, <laughs> to the review show pirate stuff. This year, we cross off disaster and pirate. And kaiju. And kaiju. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I guess Pacific Rim had that stuff on there. But yeah. We want more kaiju proper. Yeah, um, the ka- kaiju independent of robots. Yes. Yeah. We've seen plenty of mechs. Let's give Kaiju only the spotlight. Well, there you go. Next week, we will be covering season one of Our Flag Means Death here on the show. Uh, the following week, the week after that, don't forget, we are covering Fringe for our yes. end of the month special. Uh, we will be talking about season two uh, the following week after, uh, after Our Flag Means Death. So. Be on the lookout for that. Go finish up season two and we will be covering all of that stuff here in the near future. Mm-hmm. Melissa, where can the people find you on the Internet? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at WilkyWit. That's W-I-L-K-Y-W-I-T. And listen to my other podcast, Saturday Morning Obscurities, show where me and my brother Jams talk about weird old kids shows you feel like only you remember. There you go. And you guys can find me at Yo Kyle Springer. And if you would like to stay up to date with all of the stuff that we do here at The Whatnots, we are at The Whatnots on Twitter. So please go like, share and subscribe. That would help us out a ton. And we will see you all next week for Wayward Pines. Until then. Bye. No, you, we won't. Our, It'll uh, be our flag means death. Our flag means I just I had this that is one the on ultimate the M. Night Shyamalan twist. His, right. his show <laughs> right. The ultimate. God damn you, M. Night Shyamalan. No, whenever we cover him, Wayward Pines, we're going to tell everybody we're watching something else the next week. Twist! He's back! (laughs) We will be back for Our Flag Means Death (laughs) next week. Uh, Anyways, we'll see you all then. Bye. Bye.